What's up? Welcome to Bow Down, the teaching ministry of Pastor Chris Tress. I want you to turn to John 3.27. Jeremy, if you can put that uh, first picture up, please. Um, we are going through the book of Revelation, and um, we're in chapter 17. Um, real controversial message here today, and I'm not doing that intentionally. I'm just trying to, we're trying to follow the Bible. Uh, the reason why we give you Bibles is that we um, want you to follow along uh, because, listen, um, churches have been deceived. So some of our great reformers, uh, like Martin Luther, um, they were actually wrote language and they gave us the Reformation. That's a great thing. But they wrote language to Martin Luther did to 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 basically uh, murder the Jews. So people can be off in their in their Bible study. OK, that is why you have your Bible. Here's the thing. Jesus is coming. And listen, if you are here today and you haven't given your life to Jesus as Lord and Savior, I just encourage you to do that. Things are happening in our world. He is coming soon, but here's the thing. He is not coming as a lamb that is going to die on the cross. He's coming to judge the earth. He will measure out judgment on those who will not bow down. We are in a dispensation of grace where you have a decision today, if you do not know Jesus, that you can bow down and surrender your life to him. But if you don't do that, when he comes back, it will be forced upon you, and you will bow down. That is why scripture says, every knee will bow, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We give glory to God the Father when we bow down to King Jesus. And I pray, if you haven't ever done that here, so we don't, we're not waiting till the end. Do it now. Surrender now to Jesus. Because listen, he died for your sin. He wants to save you from your sin. You need a savior for your sin. And he is the only one. John 14, 6 says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the only way. And we're coming into a time and place in our world where there is deception and apostasy where many are falling away. That's what Scripture says in the last times. Many will fall away. If you don't have the Holy Spirit inside of you, you're going to fall away. It's going to happen. And so I pray for you now. John 3, 27, we've got to be very humble, and I want to be, Lord, help me to be humble today. John 3, 27 says this, right? A man can receive nothing unless what? It's given to him by what? This is why every believer should be humble. If you're struggling with humility, memorize this verse. That's why scripture says, hide your word in my, I've hid your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. If pride is an issue for you, right? This verse is big time. Why? Because you, everything you have, you have because of God. You think you know more Bible knowledge than someone? Well, the, 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 the idea to study it, that came from God. You can't make decisions apart from God. And we need to humble ourselves down. We've got to humble ourselves down with each other as well. Knowing that apart from God, your spouse, your friend, that other church can't do anything apart from God as well. If God doesn't move, we don't have. If he doesn't give, we're in trouble. So I want you to turn to Revelation 17, please. So we are going to run through what we discussed last week. We're going to start off in verse 5. Uh, just by way of reminder, if you haven't listened to last week, it's online. You can go listen to it. Um, Lord, I need you to help me. Help me to be quick but not hurry. It's a lot of information today, God. I come against everything demonic in this room, 
And in the name of Jesus, we just place our foot down upon the neck of the enemy now in Jesus' name as we stand in the authority of Jesus Christ. I come against all deceptive spirits, all lying spirits. Be silent in the name of Jesus. And I pray, God, that your truth would reign in this place in Jesus' name. That your people would become awakened and alive to the time because the time is at hand. Help us, God, and help us that are called to be watchmen on the walls to deliver truth so nobody's blood is on our hands. Help us, God, to present the whole counsel of Scripture. This is for your glory, God. This is for the sake of your people Because you cry with brokenness. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And we do not have knowledge except it comes from you and comes from your word. So we humble ourselves now and we just acknowledge our need for you to speak over every other voice, Jesus. Let your truth reign in this place. In Christ's name, amen. All right, Revelation um, 17, 5. It says, on on her forehead was written a name of mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of prostitutes and of the earth's abomination. So, Jeremy, the the first slide, please. We went over last week of how... um, There is a one world religion that is going to happen. And chapter 17 of the book of Revelation is a break in the tribulation period, giving a perspective of the seven years in the tribulation period, if that's what you believe. Some people don't believe in the tribulation, and that's okay. But if you're wrong, And so this time of tribulation, there's going to be two things that are going to happen. And we're going to see this going through Scripture today. But in chapter 17, it's going to start with a one-world religion. It's going to gather Islam, Christianity, Judaism. The second part of the tribulation, the, the Antichrist which is the beast, he's going to go up in the temple that will be built in Jerusalem. And he is going to get rid of the false prophet, and he's going to say, worship me. And if you don't, and you don't take my mark, you can't eat, buy, or sell, right? So we've went over that. We're in this right now. But it's very important for us to see This one world religion, and I believe God's exposing how it's going to happen. And so so Genesis 11 was where it all started. And I have these pictures up here because in the church, um, from Genesis chapter 11, different religions have arisen, but they're all the same spirit. There's two religions. There's Christianity, and then there's... The kingdom of darkness. All false religions fall under that category. World religions is not hard. There's Jesus and his church and everybody else. This is why Colossians 1.13 is important. He has transferred us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his beloved son. There's two, there's two kingdoms. That's it. It's very simple. The Bible's very, there's two genders, right? The Bible will simplify your understanding. So we talked about the queen of heaven with Nimrod and Ishtar, which is where we get Easter, the golden egg, right? We we talked about that last week. We also talked about the Canaanite religion, which, by the way, was brought in by Jezebel. We'll talk more about that later. Ashtaroth, and there's a child, and there's a mother. Then in the Greek religion, there's Horus and Isis, the woman and the mother. And then in the Roman tradition, there was Venus and Cupid. Cupid is the baby boy. Venus is the mother. And what happened after about 300 A.D., after Christ, Christianity was exploding. 
But then Constantine of Rome said, we, this, this Christianity is growing so much, let's just join them. And there was an influx of the spirit of Babylon, of that religion, into the Catholic Church, where the worship of Mary and the baby was put in, okay? So next slide, Jeremy. We went through all of this. Uh, we're, we talked about the Tower of Babel, and, and the EU Parliament, by the way, was built to model the Tower of Babel. Next slide, please. So here we are. We have the Astra. We have the Queen of Heaven. We have Ishtar. So all of these things. Next, Jeremy. You can see every single one of them is standing on a beast. Why is that important? Because in Revelation 17, you see this woman riding the beast, and it was a precursor. It's a demonic thing that the woman continues to ride the beast. We'll get more into that later. Next picture, Jeremy. And so we even see right now the euro has a beast with a woman riding. So again, this is familiar to our text if you've been studying, because by the way, Bow Down Church, you're supposed to be already ahead and journaled through Revelation chapter 17, Right? So we're all familiar with that verse where it says the woman rides the beast, but it's kind of creepy that the European Union has that on their coin. I'm just saying. It's also a statute of a woman riding a beast outside. Next one, Jeremy. And then here we go, Vatican. The Notice the tiara. Notice the tiara on the head of the queen. She's called the Queen of Heaven by the Catholic Church and jot down Jeremiah 44.7. We don't have time to go there. We went there last week, should have been here. But that references the Israelites. They worship the Queen of Heaven. Now, that was before the Catholic Church was even formed, by the way. But why in the world does the Catholic Church worship the Queen of Heaven now? It's interesting. Again, Jeremiah 44.17. And again, do not walk out of here condemning Catholics, the Catholic Church, what we're doing is we're just looking at things and saying, hmm, that's interesting. Uh, like the euro, hmm, a woman's riding the beast, hmm. Things that make you say, there you go. Somebody wrote a song about that. All right, verse 6. Then I saw a woman drunk with the blood of the saints. The blood of the martyrs of Jesus, and when I saw her, I marveled greatly. This is not a good time to be around in this tribulation period where Christians who will not bow down to the one world government and the one world religious system, they will be killed. And actually, we're going to learn in a few chapters later that their heads are going to be cut off. They get their heads chopped off. And so this is what's going on during this time. Verse 7. Again, if it's a pre-tribulation rapture, you don't have to worry about your head getting off, getting cut off church, okay? But if it's not, so this is a question, like, would you follow Jesus or would you get your head chopped off? So how many of us hope it's a pre-trib rapture? Can I get a witness up in here? Yeah, so. But listen, there's Christians in radical Islamic countries that are getting their heads chopped off right now because that's how they martyr the infidels that will not bow down. Verse 7, chapter 17. But the angel said to me, why do you marvel? Here's the question. Why was he marveling? It says that twice. I'm going to talk about that. He's, he's marveling. He's like, why, what's going on here? And when Scripture says something twice, not trying to be redundant, right, but it's like wanting us to focus. Why marvel? Why marvel? Listen, what you're going to learn today is going to make you kind of marvel. I will tell you the mystery of the beast with the seven heads and ten horns that carries her. So the beast is carrying this woman. The beast that you saw was and is not, 
and is about to rise from the bottomless pit and go to destruction. And the dwellers on the earth whose names have not been written in the book of life from the foundation of the world, they will marvel to see the beast because it was and is not and is to come. So the beast, the Antichrist, we know this from earlier chapters, is going to have a mortal wound, die, and be healed again. And the whole world, according to Revelation 13, is going to worship the beast and say, who is like the beast? So that's going to happen. That's going to take place. I want you to actually, let's go there, all right? Revelation 12, 3. We're always going to be coming back to Revelation 17. If you have a bookmark, go ahead and put it there. If you don't, bring one next time because it's how we roll here. We try to go chapter by chapter, verse by verse, but we go everywhere because we want to understand the whole counsel of Scripture. That's when Paul, Acts chapter 20, he says, when he left you, I do not have blood on my hands because I, sh- I shared with you the whole counsel of Scripture. We just don't want to take a couple of verses and sprinkle it on you so you can walk away encouraged and feeling alive. I'm, gonna, I'm warning you today because guess what? You may not be alive. You can be encouraged to the place where you're following the wrong and you get you, and your name's not written in. And so listen, sometimes, like I've been trying to juice lately, celery, kale, ginger, carrots, beets, and cucumbers. It is so nasty. And it stinks up the house. My, my, my calling comes out. What are you? What? Ah, uh, you just ruined the house. It's so bad that I actually have to take some cayenne pepper and put it in there, stir it up so I can just get that thing down. Anyway, listen, that's what today is. That's what revelation is. And some of you are like, I just don't feel encouraged. Listen. Listen. <laughs> You'll be encouraged for eternity. But my concern is some of you won't because you're going to fall away under deception. My job as a watchman, and by the way, you're a watchman too, Christian. You're a watchman on the wall. Our job is to speak truth so that people don't get hurt or destroyed. Because God's desire is that none should perish. Revelation 12, 3, let's look. This red dragon with seven heads and ten horns, and on his head seven diadems. The dragon in the scripture is who? Satan, right? Satan. Understand that the beast is going to be given his power, seven heads, ten horns, to the Antichrist. So the beast, the Antichrist, is going to rule, but it's going to be the dragon's power and authority. The dragon's going to rule through the Antichrist. Can you imagine someone being so filled with Satan that they move and look exactly like Satan? But remember what Satan is. He masquerades as an angel of what? Light. And this is why we need to be aware. I want you to flip over to Revelation 13, 4. So I am being a little bit redundant because I started talking about this. So let's just read it. Revelation 3, 4. One of its heads, speaking of the beast, seemed to have a mortal wound, but its mortal wound was healed. And the whole earth marveled as they followed the beast and they worshiped the dragon for he had given his authority to the beast and they worshiped the beast saying, who is like the beast and who can fight against it, right? So this is the Antichrist. This guy came back from the dead. He must be the one. He's gonna be the one bringing peace on earth. Revelation 13, 11, and 12. Revelation 13, 11, and 12. So, again, this is part of the unholy trinity. You have the dragon, you have the antichrist, and you have the false prophet. This describes the false prophet. And some of you are, are like, we, Chris, we went over this. I know. That's okay. Chill out. Then I saw another beast riding out of the earth. 
And it had two horns like a lamb. So you want to highlight that. Two horns like a lamb. Who is the lamb of God? Jesus. So it's like a lamb. Meaning it's going to sound like Jesus. It's going to sound like as if false prophet. It's going to sound good. It's going to sound right. Two horns, two horns. There's a thing going on right now called Chrislam, Christianity and Islam. Are those the two horns? I don't know. Could be. What we don't want to do is say, yes, it is. And go start our own website. It could be. It could be. See, why is he marveling? Well, see, here's what's happening right now. It looks like they've just found a red heifer, a real one, and the Jews are waiting to build their temple to have a red heifer with nothing impure, which is a red bull that needs to be sacrificed in order for them to start temple worship again. Also, there's a, we went over this before, but there's a group called the Temple Institute in Israel. They are all, they've got the money, they've got the resources, they're ready. They're ready to build the third temple. Scripture says that a third temple will be built. The third temple will be built. <clears throat> and so maybe he's marveling because it's like, oh my gosh, demonic worship is going on in the Jewish temple and the people of Israel are, are joined with that. Because see, the Israelites are going to make a peace covenant with the Antichrist and the false prophet because their blinders are still off. They haven't come off according to Romans chapter 11. They are blinded. Right now in Israel, 98% of the Israelites do not follow Jesus, the Messiah. So the Israelites, when you watch them talk about the temple that they want to build, that they have the money for, that they can't wait for, they believe it's going to bring all world religions together. Because guys, doesn't that sound nice? Doesn't that sound nice? Can't we all just kumbaya? And get along. But remember, what did Jesus say? I didn't come to bring peace, but I came to bring the what? Oh, man. Remember, they killed the one because they loved darkness rather than light. Because their works were evil. And we've got to be very aware, church, of who we're aligning with, who we're partnering with, who we're unifying with. Verse 9, this calls for a mind of wisdom. And I would say to you, church, this calls for a mind of wisdom. This is what Scripture is declaring, meaning if it calls for a mind of wisdom, God wants you to understand it. He wants to bring revelation. Look, the book of Revelation is not the concealation. It's the book of Revelation because God wants to reveal. He wants to show. Jeremy, go ahead and uh, put up the seven mountains, please. So this calls for a mind of women, the seven, wisdom, the, not the mind of women, the mind with wisdom, even though women, you have wisdom. The seven heads are the seven mountains on which the woman is seated. Now, again, this is controversial. I don't want to be dogmatic, but it is kind of like a little weird. Rome is called... The city of seven hills, not seven mountains. Now, if it was called the city of seven mountains, then uh, so. But it is kind of a little bit, little bit weird. I should call this. Actually, I don't know what the song is. The things that make you go, hmm, I don't know if that's a good or a bad song. I can't remember. It's been a long time. But, but if that would be a title, that would be my title. <laughs> Chapter 17 makes me go, hmm. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to keep your place here. I want you to go to Revelation chapter 2, please. Now, we, I did a whole hour-long sermon on Revelation chapter 2, Thyatira. Jeremy, go ahead and put up the church age slide for me. And so we went over the seven churches, which also was, was written, right, 2,000 years ago. But these seven churches align with the church age for the past 2,000 years. And one of those teachings, it was on Thyatira. You can go online and you can watch it. We do not have time here because I'm looking at my clock and it says 12 minutes, but we all know that means 25. Um, so, so Thyatira, the Middle Ages, right? 
And so Thyatira, let's look at that, Revelation 2.18. It says, to the angel of the third church in Thyatira. Jeremy, go ahead and put up Mary again. Ta- that, that word is where we get the word tiara. Tiara, okay? Tiara. Um, let's go down to, to, to 2.19. I know your works, your love, your faith, your servants, your patience, endurance, and that your later works exceed the first. Can you, do you realize how much good has been done by Catholic hospitals like St. Mary's? Orphanage, Mother Teresa, their later works have exceeded their, their first. Their first weren't that good. The Crusades, the killing of Jews, the expelling of Jews. There's like been seven uh, popes that have just said, yeah, we've got to murder the Jews because they'd killed Jesus. On one of the Crusades, they found in Israel a bunch of Jews, put them in a building and burned them alive and worshiped Jesus while these Jews were burning alive in the building. Sick. And the popes wanted that. The popes have not denied the inquisitions as well. In fact, they've, they've apologized for it. But their later works, their later works, amen? We see it? Makes you go, hmm. Let's go down to verse 20. But I have this against you that you tolerate that woman, Jezebel. And you want to highlight Jezebel because we're going to talk about Jezebel. Who calls herself a prophetess and teaching and seducing my servants to practice sexual immorality and to eat food sacrificed to idols. Now, keep your place here. I want you to go to Revelation chapter 17, verse 4. Revelation 17, verse 4. It says, the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet. Do you know what the official colors of the Pope are? Purple and scarlet. Just makes you go, hmm. And adorned with gold and jewels and pearls. Don't they got a lot of jewelry, by the way? And a golden cup full of abominations and impurities of her sexual immorality. And on her name was written the name Mystery of Babylon the Great, the mother of prostitutes. And who's that mother again of the earth's abominations? Now go back to Revelation 2.20. Do you see the same language of Revelation 2.20? Prostitute, mother, Jezebel, the same language here in Revelation 17, 4 through 5. The woman again. Again, I'm not making this stuff up. You see it. You see it. Revelation 2, Revelation 17. Now we're in Revelation 2.20 still. You tolerate that woman, Jezebel. Do you know Jezebel was a pagan queen who worshipped Baal, Baal worship, and remember, mother, baby, Baal, okay? That was part of that religion. She married Ahab, a passive man. So, listen, a Jezebel needs a passive man, and Jezebel hates the prophets, Jezebel stole Naboth's vineyard. Do you remember that? She took the land and killed the guy. She had an inquisition, if you will, a land grab. She also joined Baal worship with the worship of the one true God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. And they joined them together. And that's why Elijah, right, fire came from heaven, killed 400 prophets of Baal. Jezebel got angry, and she wanted to kill him. He went and hide from a cave. Anyway, I wish we could go there, but what do we got? 20 more minutes. All right. So I want you to see the resemblance here. Jezebel was a pagan queen who married a Jewish king. And I want you to understand something. One of the things that the the false prophet and the Antichrist are going to do is they're going to make a covenant and an alliance with the nation of Israel. And they're going to come together. Jezebel did that. Jezebel initiated that. Okay. Now, let's go back to Revelation chapter 2, verse 21. I gave her time to repent, but she refuses to repent of her sexual immorality. 
So I will throw her into a sickbed, and those who commit adultery with her, I will throw into great tribulation. I want you to highlight great tribulation unless they repent of their works. Listen, this church is going to be in the great tribulation. This church is going to be around during the great tribulation. This church is still around. Verse 23, I will strike her children dead, and all the churches will know that I'm he who searches the mind and the heart. I will give to each of you according to your works, but the rest of you in Thyatira who do not hold to this teaching, who have not learned what some call the deep things of Satan, to you I say I do not lay on you any other burden. Now, we don't have time to get into it. You could do a deep dive on this if you want, but within the Catholic Church, there is Jesuits, Rosia, Crucians, and there's Freemasonry that is going on in a sect of high up priests in the Catholic Church. These things, by the way, Freemasonry, bottom line, those are the deep things of Satan. And that is happening in there. That doesn't mean, though, that every Catholic is into the deep things of Satan, because what does Jesus say? Some of you who do not hold to this teaching. And this is why I want us to be humble people, because some of you are former Catholics, and maybe you're freaking out right now. Don't freak out. There are people in the Catholic Church that are born again and that are saved. That's why Jesus is saying he's talking to them. I don't lay on you any other Burden. Look at look at 25, 225. Hold fast what you have until I come. This church will be around when Jesus comes back, and he's saying to them, Hold fast to what you have until I come. Do not pollute yourself with that worship, because that worship is not of God. Nowhere in the Bible are we called to worship Mary, the Queen of Heaven. In fact, we're called not to worship the Queen of Heaven in the Bible. We already went over that, Jeremiah 44. Does that make sense? Revelation 2.26, again, who, who conquers, who keeps my works to the end, I will give authority over the nations. Listen, there are some strong believers within the Catholic Church. And let me tell you something. The Catholic Church is doing a better job than the Protestant Church in standing up for abortion. Way better. They're smoking us. Their works are greater in the later days in that area. They're doing way better. So there's a lot of good that's there. So I'm not here trying to bash Catholicism, but I just want us to be aware because I do believe something's coming. Let's go back to Revelation 17.10. It says, there's also seven kings, five of whom have fallen. One is, and the other has not yet come. And when he does come, he must remain only a little while. Jeremy, go and put seven kings up there on the screen, please. So here we have the history of the world, right? These seven kings, five of them have already fallen. Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, Medo-Persian, Greece, and Rome. Rome is the sixth, and that's why it says one is. You see that right there? One is, you could put Rome right there. Because this was being written 2,000 years ago in the time of Rome. Make sense? The other one has not come yet. That's the United States of America. No, it's not. No, some people do believe it is, though. Anyway, we'll get into that next week, I hope. One has not yet come, and when he does, he must remain only a little while, a little while. So there's going to be a one-world government that comes, and it's going to remain a little while, all right? And the Antichrist is going to rule that, but he's not going to show himself yet. He'll be promoted by the one-world religion, But then he's going to expose himself to who he really is and say, worship me. We don't need religion anymore. I am God. And that's the abomination that causes desolation. Verse 11. As for the beast that was and is not, it is an eighth. So this is the eighth one. But it belongs to the seventh. So he's going to come out of the seventh kingdom, that one world order. And this Antichrist is going to be one of the seventh kings, but his eighth one is going to be when he comes up in the temple and says, this is the new world order now, and I'm it. I'm the king. Worship me. I'm God. Okay? That's going to be the eighth. The seventh, the whole world's going to be excited. One currency. We're going to have free health care and free college. 
And there's going to be no borders. And there's going to be peace in the Middle East. And no more war. We're getting rid of nuclear. And guess what? All cars will be on batteries. Elon's going to be vice president. I want you to understand that's what's going on, by the way. And a lot of us are in... Eli's not the Antichrist, okay? Be careful. Don't be, th- don't be putting stuff in my mouth. Verse 12. So again, the eighth kingdom is going to be, I am God, worship me. The seventh kingdom is going to be the one world government. Verse 12. And the ten horns that you saw are ten kings who have not yet received royal power, but they are to receive authority as kings for one hour. One hour. You want to highlight one hour. That's a short time. I believe that's a three and a half year period in the beginning of the tribulation. Together with the beast. Together with the beast. So a short time. There will be ten rulers given authority. Uh, Jeremy, put up the Club of Rome map, please. There's a group called the Club of Rome. Um, the map of the... The 10, nope, uh, yeah, there you go. This was proposed in 1972, 50-year anniversary, the Club of Rome. Basically, they pushed NAFTA where they wanted to, to bring both together, but, but here's the 10 nations. Why is that important? Look at it, what it says in verse 12, 10 kings. So there's going to be 10 rulers, if you will. I'm not saying that the Club of Rome is right, but I want you to understand there is a movement within the the, uh, World Economic Forum and different things that they're pushing for this one world rule. Next slide, Jeremy, which is the Club of Rome. There's a book right here, and in this book... They're quoting Pope Francis, and I want to just read it to you. It's on the screen, but you can't see it. I can see it. Pope Francis says it clearly. Our common home is in deadly danger. Analyzing the philosophical crisis, this book comes to the conclusion that the world may need new enlightenment. Say, we need new enlightenment. Is that what Scripture says? One that is not based solely on doctrine. Hello, Pope Francis. We don't want to base it on doctrine. Uh, Again, you can go on the website right now and read this. Club of Rome. But instead, address a balance between humans and nature. Oh, nature, mother nature. As well as a balance between markets and state. We want to control the economy. No capitalism, socialism, Marxism. Be careful. What side you're on? The short versus the long term. Capitalism's better in the short term, but not in the long term. And so we need to do this to leave behind working silos, working silos, right? We don't want nations anymore in favor of a more systematic approach that will require us to rethink the organization of science and education. So here's the deal. There has been this, like that little girl, put up that one picture of Greta. With, with, with Pope Francis at the conference, the green one. So there was, a, there was, again, Club of Rome did this conference. Francis was there, and so was Greta. Greta's so afraid, like the world's going to burn up in 10 years, right? And there's this push that things are, listen, Jesus said my, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. So if you still have God's word, you don't need to worry about the planet. His word is alive. He's coming back. He talks about that he's coming back. So we just need to be aware. How did the, the Germans get rid of the Jewish people? Did they teach the people to, 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 to kill the Jews? No, what they did was they taught them to be afraid of. And when you are afraid of something or someone, you move differently. We, people are afraid this earth is going to fall out of the sky. It's not. Jesus is going to come back to this planet. Our world's going to make it. But yet we have a generation growing up that's freaking out over the environment and the climate. And we're being sucked into that. And I just want to say he's down with that, the Pope and that religion, and he's calling for something. That was the, the, the Club of Rome. Listen, they are calling for a one-world government. They are calling for reforms for pollution, to save the planet. You can't save the planet. That's very arrogant to think you can. Let's go to verse 13. These are of one mind. 
the one world government, the one world religion are going to create one mind. And they hand over their power and their authority to the beast. So listen, back to the last chapter, there's going to be these spirits going out into the world, deceiving the nations. And the nations are going to come into one mind. What happened at the Tower of Babel? They were all one mind. They were all one mind. And God brought confusion and split them up. Understand that Antichrist spirit has this one mind mentality to come together and bring the everybody in the earth under him. Uh, Jeremy, go ahead and put up the Pope's letter, please. So you can go, this is on the Vatican, you can go look it up yourself, but I want you to listen to this. This is the current Pope. Let me, let me just read this for you. Jeremy, take that off real quick. Maybe put up the Queen of Heaven. Listen to what Pope John Paul said. The unity of religion promoted by the Holy Father, Pope John Paul, He was with the Dalai Lama, and he says, The day may come when the love and compassion with both Buddha and Christ, preached so eloquently, will unite the world in a common effort to save humanity from senseless destruction and lead toward the light, lead toward the light in which we all believe. That was Pope John Paul II. Here's this Pope. Now, Jeremy, go ahead and put this up. This is the letter. Here's some things that that it says. I'm just going to try to read it real quick. This is from from our, our current Pope, Francis. And on this issue, I would like to emphasize that today, for a Christian, it's not possible or practical to go alone within one's own denomination. Either we go together to all the fraternal denominations or we don't go ahead at all. He's calling for unity. He's calling for all the denominations to join together. He also says either we walk together or we do not walk. This awareness is truth and grace from God. The issue is what God. We must ask ourselves, what have churches done? What can they do to contribute to the development of the global community of the fraternity based on the practice of social friendship and on the part of the peoples and nations? This language is one world religion, one world government language coming from the Pope. Verse 14. What is going to happen, Revelation 17. They will make war on the lamb, and the lamb will conquer them, for he is Lord of all, Lord of lords, and king of kings. And those with him are called chosen and faithful. So there's your encouragement. If you're with Jesus, you're chosen, you're faithful, and you will conquer with him. Hallelujah. Verse 15. And the angel said to me, the waters that you saw where the prostitute is seated are the peoples and multitudes and nations and languages and the ten horns that you saw and they and the beast will hate the prostitute. So here's what's going to happen. Halfway through the tribulation period, all of a sudden they're going to turn on the one world religion and they're going to hate that prostitute, that woman what's going to happen? They're going to make her desolate, naked, and devour her flesh and burn her up with fire. For God has put it into their hearts to carry out his purpose by being of one mind and handing over their royal power to the beast. So the ten nations that I I believe will be seduced by the one world religion, what it's saying here at one time, they're all going to give their power to the beast. You remember how it said those ten kings will rule for one hour? Well, that hour's over now, and they're giving their power to the beast. You guys see this? All right. The beast will use the one world religion to join everyone together. Let me say that again, church. The beast will use the one world religion to join everyone together. But once that happens, he's going to do away with the one world religion because he himself is going to claim to be God sitting in the temple saying, worship me. Now, Verse 18, I want to finish today. That great city, Babylon, listen, listen, that great city, we're going to get into that next week, Lord willing. If Jesus comes back, we won't. I need you just to get out your pen. I'm going to give you some references here. 
because we're completely out of time. Again. Are you guys praying for me? Because I'm not changing. It's like, you know, I'm asking God to change me, but are you? No, this is a lot of stuff, guys. And some of you think you just went to a college class or something. I hope you did, you know. There's a lot of stuff, but this is Bible prophecy. This should really, really encourage us and know, hey, guys, we got to be aware. So the first one is Daniel 9, 27. This speaks about in the end times, there's going to be a strong covenant for one week, which is seven years. And for half of the week, he shall put an end to sacrifice and offering on the wings of abominations until the one who makes desolate to the decree of the end is poured out on the desolator. So again, the covenant's going to be made with Israel, and then halfway through it, he's going to break the covenant, and he's going to go into the temple and do the abomination that causes desolation, which is basically, I'm in the temple of God, the third temple, saying, worship me, I am God. Jesus warned of this, and here's the next reference. So that was uh, Daniel 9, 27. The next reference is Matthew 24, 15. Matthew 24, 15 says this. So when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel standing in the holy place, let the reader understand. Jesus is telling us, you need to understand this, that when this happens, go back to Daniel because it will expose what's about to happen in the world. The next passage I want you to write down, 1 Thessalonians 5.3. While people are saying peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as, a, as labor of a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. Be careful of the one who's offering peace and security. We will bring peace. We will bring peace. 2 Thessalonians 2.13. Or excuse me, two, three. Let no one deceive you in any way. This is to the church. Don't be deceived. For that day will not come unless the rebellion comes first. The rebellion, that means the apostasy or the falling away. That means a mass departure from the church. Many Christians are going to leave the real church and go for a fake church because it sounds better. Again, there's a narrow road and only few are on it. Be very careful. This falling away comes first, and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction, who opposes and exalts himself against every so-called God or object of worship, so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, proclaiming himself to be God. Do you not remember that when I was with you, I told you these things, and you know what's restraining him now. You know what's restraining him now? The Holy Spirit. Someday the Holy Spirit will be taken away because the church will be taken away. Only he who restrains it will do so until he's taken out of the way, and then the lawless one will be revealed, who the Lord, who the Lord Jesus will kill with the breath of his mouth, and bring to nothing the appearance of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is by the activity of Satan with all power and false signs and wonders and with all wicked deception for those who are perishing because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. Therefore, God sends them a strong delusion so that they may believe what is false in order that, we may be con- that they may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. It's very clear throughout Scripture here. This reason why I had you write these things down, because you've got to understand the one that is coming. There is a great deception that's going to happen. And the root of it, the root of it, they love pleasure and unrighteousness. They do not want Jesus. They want to do what they want to do. And so they're going to give in to deception. They're going to do what benefits them. So they're going to give in to deception. Right? Some of you young college students, right? All right. I know I'm voting for because I want the rest of my college paid off next. And we go for what benefits us instead of what's best for the everybody. So you have to be very aware of that. Very discerning. <sighs> Any questions? Go ahead and raise your
So again, we love the Catholic people. But some of the Catholic leadership and doctrine, E, against the Bible. We don't want to be deceived in the last days, but many are going to fall away. And so my job is to warn you to stick to the text. If you feel like I've been wrong, judgmental, condemning in any way, you think I'm off, please come see me. Don't be immature and leave the church. That was a joke. But it is unfortunately kind of, you know, there's, there's truth and humor, right? So I pray blessings and peace on you. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, that you would become wise, that you would become a scholar of God's word so that you and your family will not be deceived, but you will walk in truth and you'll be able to separate the truth from falsehood. That's what I pray for you. That's why I spend so much time in the Bible, because God's word is truth. And we've got to be a people that come under his word. If his word doesn't say it, I don't want to do it. And if ever you find me off of God's word, you let me know. Because I'd rather die than be off of God's word. Father, we love you. We bless you. We pray for revival to happen in the Catholic Church. Revival, God. We pray for revival in this church, God. Your word declares this. That in the last days, Daniel eleven thirty two. Go ahead and write that down too. While we're while you, you never stop praying, you pray without ceasing. Okay. Daniel eleven thirty two. It says, "Those that know their God will do great exploits." And so, God, I just pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus that you will show yourself to us, so that we can know you. And in these times, do great exploits, not for our glory, but for yours alone. So God, do it. Do it in your church. We humble ourselves now. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for visiting us today. Make sure to check us out online at www.bowdownchurch.com.